We want to thank today's sponsor of our show, Byberg Small Business Insurance. Entrepreneurship is full of challenges and uncertainties. Your insurance policy doesn't need to be one of them. You can visit Byberg.com to get a quote in minutes, purchase your policy, and be covered the next day. Policies start as low as $35 a month. You can also call 1-866-757-4487 to speak directly with a licensed agent who will gladly help you through the process and answer any questions you might have. Thank you to Byberg Business Insurance for being a sponsor of the Artie Friends podcast. And as always, we'll link this in our show notes as well as on our website if you guys want to check it out. All right, real quick, we want to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered straight to your door. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. We absolutely love Factor. I cannot even tell you how delicious these meals are, guys. And I just love that you just throw it in the microwave. It's ready in two minutes. I've had some crazy busy weeks lately. and all my free time, I'm wedding planning. I'm trying to eat right for my wedding and Factor makes it so easy to do that. They have high protein meals, which I love. I'm trying to hit those 30 grams of protein every single meal. And Factor meals do that time and time again. They have delicious snacks, smoothies, and more. I love the coffee and chocolate breakfast smoothie. It's a protein smoothie and it is so delicious. I just can't tell you enough of how good and delicious Factor is. It's seriously the real deal. And if you guys use our code alreadyfriends50, you'll get 50% off. Again, that is alreadyfriends50 for 50% off your first order. And that's at factormeals.com. So go to factormeals.com slash alreadyfriends50 to give Factor a try for yourself. It's seriously so worth it. And we're so grateful to have them as a sponsor of the Already Friends podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. Oh, this is Allison. <laughs> I was like waiting for you to say your name. I'm like, oh, and this is Kara. Sorry, we were doing an audio check before we hopped on and we were having a very hard time counting to three at the same time and then clapping. Um, that should not have been silly. that hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today's episode is going to be a little spinoff of our usual What Would Your Bestie Do segment. If you guys have been around, you know what our WWYBD is. It's our advice column segment where you guys send in questions on our website and then we answer. We do this the last Friday of every month, but we're kind of switching it up this month by diving into one topic. And this is also kind of like the third episode in our friendship series that we've been doing. Did you kind of want to explain mm-hmm. the three episodes that we did and how this one is like the wrapping up? Yes. Our first episode that we did a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, was how to make and maintain friends. So the early beginning stages of a friendship, we also recently did growing pains in a friendship, how to work through those, you know, those closer friends that you have where things are getting difficult and you're going through challenges and how to work through those. And now today we're going to talk about how to work through friendships that might need to end, what that might look like, what questions you can ask yourself to determine if you need to end a friendship. So yeah, it's going to be good. I know that it's something that we all will deal with if you haven't dealt with it or something that we have all dealt with. So yeah. Yeah. But first, (laughs) we're going to catch up a little bit, share some silly, goofy things on our mind today. As you guys know, 
This is pre-recorded. So this is going live like exactly a month from today. So Mm -hmm. the headspace that I will be in is probably running around with my head cut off because there is an event called Hutch Fest happening here in Omaha. And we have a 1404 booth at the event. So we will both be trying to run the shop, our booth. And then Mike, one of my co-owners at 1404, she also has a booth. So there's going to be a lot to get ready for for that event and a lot to execute. The event is on Sunday, September 3rd, I think that is. So if you are local to the Omaha area, it's definitely a really fun maker's market. I'm looking forward to it. Sadly, I will be the one running the shop. So neither do I get to Mm -hmm. set up the event live. Well, I'll help set up, but then I don't get to actually be at the event. So I kind of drew the short straw, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Sad. Um, Yeah, but it's always interesting because those events, it's like the day of is not necessarily that long and tiring. It is, but it's all the prep beforehand, you know, the marketing, the inventory, the logistics, yada, yada, yada. So the timing of us kind of taking a break in August from uploading live and... That being the last big event, I think, of the summer for 1404. It's kind of nice how those are around the same time. So that hopefully September I can get back to Grounded Allison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having <laughs> consistency Woo! across everything that you put your energy into. Yeah. Yes, yes. I guess for what we'll be doing when this episode airs in the future, I will be somewhere in Europe. I don't know where. I have not planned anything currently a month in advance because that would just not be me if I knew what I was doing. So we'll see where I go. I was honestly, we were thinking about going to Montenegro because I will have been in Lake Como a few days before this goes live. But like, I don't know, the flights from Lake Como to Montenegro were like $400 round trip. And I'm like, I feel like we can find a cheap train ticket somewhere. I don't know. I guess it's not that much money in the grand scheme of things, but we'll also have been there for almost a month and doing a lot of wedding stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I'd love to go to that country. The travel logistics are not as easy as it seems when you're in Europe. Like sometimes it works out really nice and sometimes it can be a little complicated. Have you been to Croatia? I have not. But okay, the thing is we are flying out of Amsterdam on August 30th. So we need to be going ideally north Mm. toward Amsterdam. We want to make our way to Amsterdam. And yeah, going to Montenegro was like southeast and not really making sense. And Mm. I think Croatia's southeast. So I mean, it is very close to Italy and definitely still a possibility. But ideally, we would just kind of start skedaddling north so that we can just end up in Amsterdam. Wow. Flights were even that expensive, even on like JetBlue and Ryanair? Yes. Like, geez. Even I was looking at Prague, flying to Prague, and it was also around $400. So maybe I can relook. Maybe by the time this comes out, I will have found cheaper flights. Because yeah, that's the thing about flying around Europe. You can get a flight for $36. My flights in Turkey were all like $20, $40 max. So that is the nice thing about inter-European travel or just travel out there. But yeah, because on a map in the US, we're flying to different states. Like flying different states in the US is sometimes further than flying to different countries in Europe. So we'll see. Just follow along with my Instagram if you want to see where I am because that will give you an answer. Okay, I have to ask packing wise. So you'll be gone for how many weeks? Three weeks. How are you feeling about packing? (laughs) 
if I could, I would just do a carry on, but just because there's been so many people losing their bags. And when I went to Turkey and Saudi Arabia, I just only did a carry on. I'm so glad that I did that because not anyone in my group lost their bag, but I just, I feel like I always see people losing their bags recently just because there's been a lot of strikes in different airports and summer travel is back and fully busy. And I don't think all the airlines are properly staffed or ready. So I'm seeing people all over the world, not just Europe, getting their bags left in certain places. So I wish I could just do carry on, but I'm going to pack at least the first four or five days in a carry on just so that if my bat and like all my essentials, like makeup, toiletries, all in a carry on and then have a checked bag for whatever else I need to bring and then maybe some room because I probably will go shopping and I want to mm-hmm. bring that back. So pro tip, pretend like you have to live off your carry-on for as long as possible when packing it. And because I even just saw people, two people I follow on TikTok, they just landed in Greece and their bags didn't make it and they had nothing. They had no extra outfits. (laughs) They had no toiletries. I'm like, come on, like (laughs) at least I have one outfit, no shoes, nothing. Yeah. Wow. That would really ruin the trip. So I think that's a great piece of advice is like consider that the checked bag is like bonus stuff. Because it does take, it can either come that next day, but it could come five or seven days later. My friend recently went to Tanzania, I believe, and her checked bag didn't arrive and she did her whole trip until it finally came. It was seven days later. And she's like, well, I don't need this now. Thank you. But so it really could be a whole week that you get your bag back. Goodness. Knock on wood. I've never, well, I say I've never had luggage loss as if I've like ever taken a checked bag anywhere. I don't even own one. So disregard. Yeah. No, that's the way to go. And if you are someone who's thinking, well, I might buy stuff. I want to bring it back. One, I would say you can just buy a cheap suitcase wherever you go. I've had friends Mm -hmm. go to the thrift store. I did that in Paris. And get suitcases. Oh, yeah. Because I went to a thrift and vintage shops and got so many cute things. And I was like, I have to have these. So I just bought this Mm -hmm. random suitcase off the street. It was so shitty and it literally broke on the way home. (laughs) But it made it. It got the job done. How much was that suitcase? Do you remember? I think like 60 bucks or something. Oh, okay. Like a decent amount. But if I would have... One other time in Amsterdam, I shipped a bunch of stuff home. And that Mm. was actually fine. It made it home before I got back and... Well, I like mailed it to my parents' house because obviously I wasn't there. But either I think are good options. On my Saudi Turkey trip, I only did carry on, but I brought this tote duffel bag thing that zips closed and it can fit a lot of stuff. And Turkey is one of the biggest countries for manufacturing clothes. So I did end up buying some things, which I'm so glad I did. It was so cute. So this little tote duffel bag that I had folded flat in my carry-on on the way there, I put clothes in that and I checked that and they were like, you want to check this tote duffel bag? And I'm like, yeah. And I saw someone on TikTok had checked a little small purse bag before. So I knew that you could do it. And I had to take it to like this random oversized baggage area, but they checked it because on most international flights, if you're not flying basic economy, you get that free checked bag. So it can be enticing. But for me, I think it's worth it to bring a tote bag or a zipper bag. And then if you have to use it, you can check that instead. Mm -hmm. That's great. Or you could have checked your carry-on suitcase going home. I'm not worried as much going home because if you do lose your suitcase, you still have another toothbrush at home. Usually you have other stuff to get you by, but it's going there. That would suck if 
all of your stuff was in that suitcase that didn't show up. Gosh, well, definitely sending all of you guys good vibes <laughs> that all of your luggage makes it there, particularly McKenna and Julian. They need it the most. Yeah, McKenna's definitely carrying on her wedding dress as not getting checked. <laughs> No way. Wow. Which, random fact, my friend who used to work for an airline said that she will never buy a soft shell suitcase ever again because did you know that liquids get spilled or explode and go into other bags all the time in the cargo section of a plane? And people will get their suitcases and it's like wet. And sometimes it's like bodily fluids, like science things or like bodily fluids. Yes. Like they could be transporting blood or like other things. Excuse me? That if you have a soft shell suitcase, it will seep through your suitcase. Ew. Here I am being like, oh, it's probably just someone's shampoo. (laughs) No, she was like, they carry bodies in planes sometimes. Oh, well, thankfully mine is a hard shell. So I feel safe. Same. And it's so just if you're ever suitcase shopping, be aware. And while we're on the topic, if your hard shell breaks, the airline, I haven't had to do it, but won't they just Mm -hmm. reimburse you or buy you another one? Yeah, you're supposed to report it if you had just flown an airline and you land and your wheel's missing or it's super dented. That is the airline's responsibility, which I did not realize. And I flew like Air Arabia once or some random Air Morocco something. And I got my bag back and it was just so dented. And I didn't even realize that you could report that. But now every time I had flown after with that suitcase, every airline when I check in marks it with a sticker already damaged because they don't want you to file with their airline. Yeah. My stepmom and I were just talking about this because her and my dad are going to the Dominican here soon and her hard shell got damaged on their last trip. And she's like, oh, I need to get a new one. And I was like, we, you should have said something. But then like you're saying, you can't just go on another trip and then say it happened on that trip because they're onto that. Yeah. And they, they might be able to check camera footage and see that that person dented air. I don't know. I'm not fully versed in that, but also it's good to buy suitcase if you can that has those good warranty policies like the aways like samsonite yeah does bees or bays do they i don't know have a, it's a good question. i feel like they might have one too but away i know for sure if it gets damaged you have a 25 year lifetime warranty so you can just get a new one they'll ship you a new one so it's wow. a good selling point for those Okay, color-wise, I have like a baby blue one. And I am, my rule of thumb for purchases, usually when it's like technology or Mm -hmm. like a vehicle or something like that, I usually always go with the neutral color. Like with my phone, I got a new one. I wanted to get the rose gold, but I got the black because I was like, I don't want to be in a phase. And now I'm so glad that I like just have black. Or when I had bought my BMW, I just got white because... I guess BMWs don't really have a lot of crazy colors anyway for just like the factory models. But like mm-hmm. with big purchases like that, I try to keep it to a neutral color so that I'm not in some phase and then a few years be like, why did I get this? But I did get a baby blue suitcase and I've had it since 2019 now. And I actually still love it. I think it's so cute. What color do you have? And are you happy with the choice? Yes. I had a teal blue suitcase for like 10 years. That's the one that I got bullied for. <laughs> by my friends. If you've been a long time listener, Allison bullied me, I believe. I don't know. Did I? Did you? We're not sure. But for sure, Hania, Chris, and Logan did. Actually, I didn't bully you, but it was the time that you were going to Morocco and you were here and it was Mm -hmm. like on its last limb. And I was like, Kara, if there's anyone that should be like balling out on a suitcase, it's you. You travel all the time. Like, I think it's worth it to upgrade. 
Okay, yes. Yours came from a place of love and like genuinely just like sharing that. Like I was getting roasted by my other friends. They were so mean about it, but it was funny. But yeah, that one was teal. And I think I'm with you. I think you should get a fun color for your suitcase. I have a pink suitcase now and I have a pink carry-on suitcase. I will never get it mixed up with anyone else in the airport. I never see pink suitcases. I had a friend and this is why I'm so adamant about getting colors. I think 95% of the suitcases that roll out, maybe 90% are black. And we landed in Morocco two years ago. We got all our bags, grabbed them. We got to our hotel an hour and a half away. My friend had the exact same black suitcase with an orange Mm. tag as someone else. And he grabbed that guy's suitcase and he had to go two hours back in a taxi to the airport. Hope that that guy was still there and hope that he had his bag all because he had the, the generic black suitcase, even with the same orange tag. Oh my gosh. That's such a nightmare. Yeah. Oh no. I hate that. And- no one's, I have yet to be on a flight where someone has the same pink suitcase as me. I do always get anxiety because even with the checked or with the carry-on bags, you know how sometimes they'll be like, oh, sorry, the overhead has been, is full. We're going to have to put it down below. I'm yeah. like, <gasps> I get like separation anxiety from my carry-on because I'm like, what are you doing with it down there? I want to keep eyes on her. Or they're like, well, happily check it to your final destination. I'm like, I don't want that. Mm-mm. I literally don't want that. <laughs> Because I also, like, when I'm traveling in the airport, sometimes on my layover, like, I want access to the stuff in my carry-on because I'm like, what if I want to toss a scarf on? Or I usually keep my Mm -hmm. laptop in my carry-on, actually, because it's flat in there and then it's, like, safe in the middle. I don't like having my smaller personal bag have my laptop in it because then it's, like, heavy on my shoulder when I'm running through. Yeah. And last thing I'll say, if they ever ask for volunteers to check your bag, I used to do it because then you got to board first. But now I'm kind of against it. I think you should wait it out and just hope that you get a spot because I was on a flight. I think, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but we, it was my last flight back from Turkey. It was Chicago to St. Louis, literally the quickest flight ever, 35 minutes. We flew all the way to St. Louis just for them to say that we're running out of gas and we were like circling in the air and it was thunderstorming. So we couldn't land. So we had to go all the way back to Chicago and we sat on the tarmac for like four hours in Chicago. And I was like, damn, that would suck if you checked your bag and like you needed something because we were able to get off the plane or we almost didn't know if we were going to make it back to St. Louis. And I don't know. I just, I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't check my bag. That was a like, a very intense storm. Kara and I were texting that day and then she was like telling me that as it was live happening and I was like, damn, that sucked. And then I went to go to Natural Grocers, my home away from home. It was after like a long weekend of working. I had this meal in mind that I wanted and the storm was so bad that it took the power out at Natural Grocers and I got all the way there and they were closed and Kara and I were just like very defeated. <laughs> On that like yeah, Saturday night. I was so over my travel day because at that point you know, just did a 15 hour flight. So pumped, have a quick layover and then I'm home. 30 minute flight, couldn't be faster. No, I literally was in the air 35 minutes back, another four hours, four and a half hours on the plane. Like we were all, everyone was so done. And all the ladies I was sitting next to were all coming from Europe International. We're just like, (laughs) get me Get us off this plane. But it did make me feel better that it was a legit storm. Like, because Connor was saying, no, I literally tried to start driving to the airport and I couldn't see. It was pouring rain, nastiness. So that made me at least feel like it wasn't for nothing. I feel like an old person bringing this up, talking about the weather, because it's like the most cliche, like old person (laughs) thing is like old people just talk about the weather. But this summer, there have been more storms than I ever remember in the entirety of my life. Have you felt the same way? It's storming today right now. Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot. 
I don't know what's going on. I'm so scared. We have a branch over our house that needs to come down. Otherwise, like if a storm hits us the wrong way, it's going to like fall on us, <gasps> possibly kill us. Let's. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. So I need to get that removed. But yeah, there was one night. Yeah, I guess you are right because I sleep through anything and there was a storm this summer that woke me up. Like the light was so bright, even with our blinds closed, fully closed blackout blinds. It was so bright. It woke me up and even Margo woke up. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I feel like like every week there's been like a big storm with like branches knocked down, power. I don't know. But I kind of like it. I just love storms. I don't know if this is like the Midwest in me, but like if there's like tornado sirens going off, I was talking to Clay about this. It makes me feel safe. Like it reminds me of my childhood when we would go do the test and then you would go all huddle together. And then if I was at home, you know, my family would all get into like the basement together. So for some reason, my brain associates the tornado sirens with like closeness and being around loved ones and like this weird pureness where it's like, oh, we could all die, but we're together. It's fine. Like, I don't know. So every Wednesday, the first of the month when they do this tornado siren test, I like look out the window and I like feel really calm. That's so sweet and wholesome and pure. And I would agree with that. I did like going into the basement as a child and knowing we had to get out the radio, we had to turn off all the lights, we had to get some blankies. Like it kind of felt like, ready. like a field trip or something. It did feel like a field trip. I do remember being way too eager <laughs> for a possible human destruction funnel of wind to like come roaring through Nebraska. Right? right? And then my mom and sister always were like more scared. So they would like stay wherever we were. And my dad always wanted to like push it and go outside and watch. Mm -hmm. So then me and my dad would like, after a while, we'd like sneak out and like peek out the window and be like, look, and probably give them a bunch (laughs) of anxiety. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it. Those people listening to this have never experienced a tornado drill or a tornado. Okay, so get this. When Clay and I were deeply talking about this the other day, I thought tornadoes were only local to the Midwestern United States. I had no idea that there are tornadoes all over the world. Because we were talking about it. I was like, are there tornadoes in Europe? It's like, I don't know. Like, have you ever thought about this? Yeah, if you had a gun to my head and you're like, which countries also get tornadoes? I would say like Scotland, Ireland. That would be my guess. But I feel like there's Californians, Nevadans, if that's the word, like those regions. Yeah, but that's still but that's still the US, like other countries. No, yeah, yeah. When I was thinking like there's people listening to this, I guess I wasn't thinking international. I was thinking like the Western people listen or like maybe like the South people, they get like floods and stuff. Maybe they have the same feelings with like hurricane warnings where their family is like all huddled. Yes. Yeah. I think we all have, we all have our own natural disasters. I think so. Right though. Like no matter where in the world you have some type of earth, like you would be in an earthquake warning, tsunami. I don't know. Okay. It's like a long list. If you had to guess another country that gets tornadoes, what would you say? Well, unfortunately, I looked when Clayton did it. So Australia gets oh, some. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was a long, it was a longer list than I was expecting. It's almost like everywhere. There was like a little map and Yeah, there's a map. Yeah. New Zealand, Brazil, not Africa for the most part. There's South Africa gets some. Wow. A large part of Russia doesn't really get them. Very interesting. The more you guys know, you're like, we signed up to talk about how to end a friendship, not learn about the tornado location in in the world. Literally. (laughs) 
Okay, well, last fact I'll leave you. The highest concentrations of tornadoes outside the U.S. are Argentina and Bangladesh. Wild. Like, I just don't think that. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Okay. okay. Peaks of the week. <laughs> Peak of the week. I could also go on for literally half an hour about my moped era. If you guys have been keeping up on social media with me, I have been posting a lot about my sister's moped. And the logistics of how it happened, you guys know I sold my car. My dad has a car, my stepmom has an SUV, and they've had this extra pickup that I've had since my childhood. It's old, it's a 2000, I've talked to you guys about it, it's rusted out, it's blue, so I've been driving the pickup. My sister has an old Subaru, the engine went out, so she's going to replace the engine because she loves that car, it's already paid for, whatever, but she doesn't want to replace it right now. So her and I were talking, and we were like, what if we swapped? I was like, you could use a truck because she needs it to like, go. her work is further, and she's setting up her classroom. And I was like, and I can take the moped. And she was like, would you be okay with that? And I was like, would I be okay with that? <laughs> Sign me up. So and she lives pretty close to me. So if we need each other's vehicles, we can just like, I can go over there, take the truck. She can come down here, get her moped. And I have been loving it. If you guys have any moped questions, let me know. Happy to answer. About to make my entire personality for the next month, the moped girl. But it goes 100 miles on one gallon of gas, which is like two to three dollars. You don't need an extra license necessarily. You can get them off like Facebook Marketplace or new. There's some on Facebook Marketplace probably for like 800 to 1400. My sister's was 1400 and my friend Jesse, hers was also 1400. Um, Honda is like the best brand of one to get. And I just put like a little bike lock on it. They're freaking awesome. It goes like 35 to 40 miles an hour. I've also been keeping peaches in my tote bag. So she has been riding along with me. I'm waiting to come across a video on my For You page of me looking like a fucking little idiot with like my helmet on, like do 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 with peaches, just like ears flapping in the wind. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> But yeah, my peak has definitely just been riding around on that thing and totally romanticizing and getting way too excited about like the smallest errand. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't need anything. Oh, I actually, I kind of need trash bags. Let me just like go to the store five miles away just so I can run an errand. Yeah. It's been That's great. so fun. I love that. How about you? You're convincing me to get a moped. I mean, I probably won't, but I love this for you. Thank I want you. a golf cart. They're so expensive. I feel like you have to like live in the suburbs to justify a golf cart where you can like go around to your like neighborhood friends' houses. Yeah, our neighborhood is golf cart friendly and you can go to all their bars, restaurants, shops, grocery store via golf cart. I love I that. I find one for like $1,000 or less because like I wasn't actually looking, but I was just walking into Lowe's the other day and there was one out front and the basic one is 10 G's. I'm like, am I going to get 10 G's for a golf cart? Like, no, thank you. Yeah. If you're going to spend that, you just get another car. At least like the moped is like under a thousand that it's, it make, it could pay for itself off of a few months of gas. Like, yeah. 10,000. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there was like a golf cart shortage or something. Cause I know that happened during COVID or something. Maybe they're still catching up. They are so trendy. Yeah. It's fun. I would like one. But anyways, unrelated to your peak of the week, I would say my peak is just enjoying summer. I feel like I've done a really good job of trying not to stay inside all day, even though I have to work and do things. Even if I can pop outside for 30 minutes and eat lunch or go to the pool for an hour and get a tan or just be outside being with nature. I feel like I've done a good job of going on my walks, going out and soaking up summer and really enjoying it. 
Yay. Yeah. I love that. I think I did a good job too. Yeah. It's hard because this is my busy work season, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I have to go do these things. Like I want to go to that midsummer event. I want to go to Jazz on the Green. I want to go to the backyard dinners mm-hmm. and all the stuff that's happening in summer. And yeah, it's been it's been a very full, fulfilling couple months. I'm with you. I haven't fully hacked how to do everything for work outside. So I wish there was an easier way to work outside. I don't know what that looks like, but... Um, the laptop part or the phone part? Just both. <laughs> like I wish... I don't know. I don't even know what that looks... I know people get like the laptop umbrella shade covers and stuff, but still my laptop overheats. I don't know. And there's not that much I can do on my phone at the pool. It has, it has, I have to be strategic with it, but... Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'll do the drying of the Airbnb linens, like like the bigger blankets and some of the towels, like they take so long in the dryer because I have a ventless dryer. It doesn't dry very fast. So it's faster if I hang them out on the deck. Mm. So I kind of use that as my, but like, you know, last week when you were like, should you get someone to clean? I'm like, I kind of like, I don't totally hate it because then yeah. during that hour, I have like justified tanning time mm. and I'm like, no, I'm working. I'm waiting for the linens to dry. Actually. And then I can just like, yeah, eat my lunch, get a tan. And then like an hour later, they're done. Is that how long it takes for them to dry outside? Oh, it's so fast, dude. It yeah, is crazy. crazy, honestly. Like <laughs> something like a pillowcase, you put it out there like five minutes. That's so crazy. And I'm like, why would I waste like two hours in the dryer? Yeah. Okay, good to know. We're going to take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor of our show, Bybrook Small Business Insurance. As a new business owner, you might feel lost and overwhelmed, so talking to an insurance expert can be really reassuring and provide peace of mind you can spend more time running your business and doing what you love. Whether you're a contractor, landscaper, photographer, podcaster, life coach, consultant, notary, or maybe you own a business like a travel agency, a boutique, or healthcare and social assistance industries, whatever you do with your small business, there's a good chance insurance can protect you and your company from the potential risks of owning and operating a business. We actually had on insurance advisor Ben Topping from Byberg on episode 131, and he actually talked us through real-life small business scenarios where insurance was crucial. We both learned so much in the episode, and I definitely feel more empowered as an entrepreneur now knowing what I know about insurance and how it's so important for businesses, not only for myself, but for our listeners too. In this episode, you'll hear about the different types of small business insurance policies, why you need it, and what it covers. If you call 1-866-757-4487, you can speak with one of Byberg's licensed agents and they'll walk you through each of their policy types and how to get a specific policy for your business needs. Or you can call that number to purchase a policy within minutes. You can also go to Byberg.com and be covered the next day. Byberg is part of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Company, so you can trust they will be there financially. They have a 4.9 star average customer review rating and it is truly a one-stop shop for your business insurance needs, which is amazing and policies start as low as $35 a month. Thank you to Byberg for sponsoring our show and having been on in episode 131. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. 
Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program out there. They've been experts for 30 years and millions of users have trusted them to help them learn second, third, fourth languages. And this is especially timely for me because one of my goals for the year, I literally just said this in our Patreon goal setting workshop last week, is that I want to learn Spanish. I studied German in college and unfortunately, I don't get to go to Germany or Austria very often. But I have been spending a lot of time in South America and Mexico. I spent all of January in Colombia and I loved it so much that I'm going back in April. I'm going to Tulum next week. And I'm like, you know what? It is time that I really buckle down and get better at Spanish. If you also are thinking of traveling more, learning second, third, fourth languages, I can't recommend getting started with Rosetta Stone enough. If you would like to get Rosetta Stone and not put off learning language any longer, there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Already Friends listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at rosettastone.com today. And thank you to Rosetta Stone for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast and helping me in my Spanish language learning journey. This episode is sponsored by Honey Love. Honey Love is revolutionizing the bra game. Can you think of a bra that you actually like to wear? One that doesn't poke you, does not hurt, and that you kind of forget that you're wearing? For me, I'm thinking of my Honey Love bra. I have fully said goodbye to wearing underwire and bulky fabric bras that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. The fabric is super soft and it feels like a second skin and you'll immediately feel and notice the difference. Right now, I'm wearing the silhouette bra and I'm totally forgetting that I'm wearing a bra, but it totally lifts. It feels so supportive. It looks so good under shirts. And it's not like those bras that give you that uniboob effect when you put on a tight shirt or tight clothes. It separates, it lifts, it does everything that a bra should be doing. I'm also obsessed with the shapewear. I have the superpower thong, which is kind of like this mid-stomach shapewear piece. The way that it gives my body this hourglass shape that I did not know that I had and is so comfortable. I have traditional shapewear from a few different brands and they kind of hurt so bad. Within a couple hours, I feel like I can't breathe. But with Honey Love's shapewear, it's so comfortable. It's meant to be able to breathe, to live your day-to-day life in. And I feel like I can definitely use the shapewear for my wedding. So I'm very excited about that. So if you're ready to step into that next level comfortable bra and shapewear, it's your time to get Honey Love. Go to honeylove.com slash already friends and you can get 20% off your entire order with that link. So it's honeylove.com, H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com slash already friends for 20% off. Make sure to use that code to show your support of the show. And thanks again to Honey Love for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. Okay, let's read your guys' peaks. Okay, so Jasleen said she signed up for the Costa Rica trip. Oh my gosh, so happy to have you. Thank you for taking that spot. We can't wait to meet you. 
Shania said, bonding with my new kitten. Hope everything's going well with the little new fur baby. And Mac said, getting back into taking a tap class this week. I love that. That sounds so fun. And Katrina said, my leave got approved for a week vacation in Hawaii. Congratulations. Safe travels. Have the best time. I love that. As always, send in your peaks of the week on our Instagram story every Monday at Our Defense Podcast. All right. Getting into today's topic, what would your bestie do? Is it time to close a friendship chapter? Yeah. Sorry in advance that this is not really the most fun of conversations. (laughs) So if this feels a little Debbie Downing, sorry about it. First, I want to start with a disclaimer that the signs and the things that we talk about are not definitive proof that a friendship should end. Each situation is unique. So if you're listening to this and you're like seeing some of these signs, please do not feel like you immediately need to end all of your friendships and start over unless that resonates for you. But we're not encouraging per se (laughs) you to delete all your friends. But we all know that sometimes in life that there are situations that maybe it's ran its course and it was a friendship for a time or a season and that's okay. And so that's what we want to talk about because I know it's something we've both dealt with. Yeah. Like you just said, sometimes we have friends for a reason. Sometimes we have friends for a season and then sometimes we have friends for a lifetime. So if it was just a friend for a reason or a season of your life, totally understand that that is normal and that is fine. And that might hurt in the moment, but that is life and that's normal. And we don't always have those friends that we keep forever. Yeah. So I think we should go into some of the signs that it might be time to end a friendship. Probably at this point, you have already come to the consideration that it could be time for it to end. And going off of the Growing Pains episode, that was more for friendships that you want to keep. And maybe for these friendships, either you've gone through Growing Pains and it didn't get better Mm -hmm. or you don't even feel like maybe this is a friendship worth going through those growing pains. Right. So the first sign, lack of effort. I also want to say that we all need to be self-aware queens and kings and all of this, that it's not always the other person's problem, Mm -hmm. that sometimes we are a part of the issue. It takes two to tango. So it might not just be them putting in the lack of effort. You might also not feel super inspired to put in effort and want to hang out and want to reach out. So if with any of these signs, if it's you or them, I think that's what we're looking at here. Yeah. Don't jump to it's everyone else's problem. I'm innocent. I didn't do anything wrong, which maybe that is the case. Maybe you are perfect and you did everything (laughs) right. And everyone else just sucks and you're the best. But no, I think like Allison said, to really try to think, about what your role is in the situation because there's two sides to every story. Even if you feel like there's nothing that you did wrong, think about these signs and maybe did I do what I would have wanted my friend to do? Perhaps not. So with lack of effort, that might look like communication becoming more infrequent. Maybe you guys used to text, talk, or see each other all the time and you're noticing those patterns are changing or when you're trying to make plans, either you or them are running late, canceling, rescheduling. We're all very busy and in life, you just like make time for things. So I feel like when both parties are just like, oh yeah, I'm like too busy, I can't. It's like you always kind of can. It just requires sex 
sacrificing other things. Mm -hmm. And when either of you are willing to maybe give up other things, I think that shows that there's maybe like some disinterest happening. Yeah. And it really could just be that that person's busy. You know, they're in a different season of life, have kids, have a very stressful job. So I think it is important if you're feeling like there's a lack of effort to be that person that makes all the effort, like really tries, really puts you both in the position to hang out and tries to make the first move. And then if it does still feel like you're putting a lot in and not getting much out, then I think you can evaluate and see if... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why communication is so important because Mm -hmm. if you're in a very, very busy season or maybe you're like, you just had a kid or there's some life change. If you communicate to your loved ones like, hey, I just, I'm really honed in on this particular thing right now. And like, please don't take it personal. Like I just really need to put my attention towards this. Mm -hmm. Then that friend can do things to help support you in that. Like maybe they can bring you lunch at work if you're like really busy at work. If you're a new mom, it's like, what errands can I run for you? There's still ways to navigate like a really busy schedule where you can show support to each other without necessarily maybe having to spend all the time together in the way that you once were. The next sign that it might be time to end this friendship, if it's feeling very one-sided, kind of the same, similar with lack of effort, the friendship feels maybe imbalanced with one person consistently taking and the other person giving without receiving. You feel like you're always making the effort to connect or support the other person while they don't invest the same level of care or attention. I think this can be hard because sometimes in life, there are friends that are really going to need your support and it's not going to be balanced. They might be going through a hard year, a hard couple of years, and you might be thriving and doing well and not truly need that emotional support back. So... But I feel like at the same time, you know when someone's taking from you and not giving literally anything back. Mm -hmm, Because hopefully if they're in a hard season, they recognize and thank you for the support and you going out of your way and lending a listening ear and all of that. But if they're just like taking from you and not acknowledging what you're giving them, then that's when I think it feels really one-sided. Yeah. The next thing is constant conflict. Oh, this is what we were talking about last week. If you feel like you're in a little bit of a tiff era with a friend, when you start to feel some distance, then anything can kind of be fuel for the fire. Like, oh, well, you didn't do this or you did do that. And the small things that maybe wouldn't have caused a disagreement or tension if you were on really good terms can suddenly be blown out of proportion. Well, you used tone with me like this. Like, why didn't you care about that? Why didn't you come to this event? And those just keep boiling and boiling. And that puts way more strain on the friendship. And then both parties can feel defensive or more avoidant. Mm -hmm. I feel like this one definitely plays a big role with friendships that are friends that are roommates. Like you said, you didn't Mm. put your dish away. You forgot to water my plants. There's like a lot of things that could be used as ammo. And if you're not in a good place, it will just pile up and then it just gets really ugly. I also feel like it's especially true for romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Next one, there's a lack of trust in the friendship or there was a betrayal. Trust is a very valid component in any friendship. So if the trust has been broken or you consistently feel betrayed or let down by the other person's actions or behavior, it might be a sign that the friendship is no longer healthy or beneficial. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where if you feel like you can't trust somebody, maybe because they betrayed you or did something wrong, is it one time? Is it one thing that they did and they're showing the actions that it's not going to happen again and they can earn 
earn your trust again? Or is it looking like this person's going to repeat these behaviors and it's not something that's going to change? I feel like if it's the latter, then it's appropriate to maybe think about letting this friend go. Yeah. And sometimes with betrayal, does that person hurt you? And then you're like, well, I can make it even and hurt them back. And then Mm -hmm. it just becomes this toxic cycle of betraying each other and not following through on things. And that's never good, which kind of leads us into the next one of growing apart. As we get older, our personal values change. That's going to happen. So therefore, your friends, their personal values and interests and life paths like, are also going to change. And sometimes they're not compatible. And I definitely think it's good to have friends that have different values and different interests and open your mind to other things and can be in different life stages to add like more color to your life. But there are definitely some areas where it can feel like you're so different that it like causes tension all the time. And I think, I don't, I think it was the episode with Chelsea, but maybe we just say that every time we talk about friends. But, oh no, I think it was with my mom. Mm. If maintaining the friendship is more work than just having the friendship, that might be a sign that if you're constantly evaluating, is this person good for me? What about this? Like, how did they react to this and that? That isn't really the sign. Like if you're going to have growing pains, but if you're constantly analyzing if this friendship is good for you, then it probably isn't in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And growing apart again is totally normal. We can't be the same person that we were when we were freshmen in high school when you met this person or in college. So this one is kind of nice because on the list of things that are signs, I don't feel like it necessarily needs to be announced. I feel like it's the best case scenario where it kind of just fizzles out and you can just grow apart without having a big falling out, having a big fight. So there's a positive with that one at least. Yeah, I definitely agree. And sometimes with that one, there's like this unspoken like, hey, we've kind of drifted apart, but like we're still cool and cordial. And like if I ran into you out and about in our hometowns, like I would still say hi or like whatever. I think those are nice to leave at that because you never know. You guys could circle back and end up having similar interests or something. And it's good to not have like totally burn the bridge. Yes, I agree. Next one, kind of relating to that. This person might be a negative influence on you. So maybe the friendship has become a negative influence on your life, impacting your health, your well-being, your self-esteem, your personal or career growth. They might be involved in toxic behaviors, manipulation, things that aren't beneficial to your health and wellness goals, or just a constant drain on your emotional energy. Depending on what your goals are, in life. This one is definitely going to happen. I feel like I've already had experienced this or I have friends that have cut people off because maybe it was as simple as they just drink too much and I'm trying to align myself with friends who don't drink as much. Or maybe it is, unfortunately, you know, you are your income and your salary is the average of the five closest people to you. So if you're hanging around with a bunch of people who aren't successful, maybe you have to cut them off because you want to be surrounding yourself with more successful people. And it's sad, but you can't hold yourself back. Yeah. And I think success in that realm is very multi-layered that it mm-hmm. the money component is one thing, but the friends that maybe do have more career or life success are also going to be the same friends who motivate you to do more, mm-hmm. who are more disciplined, who you look up to and you're like, wow, I need to step it up. Like, it's very layered. And I also want to touch on the negative influence, like is also sometimes assuming that we are the good influences and that the other mm. person is the negative influence. And I think that you can also flip this on your its head that if 
the other person is doing really well and you are not in a place to, this is like a hard truth that I'm about to hit, (laughs) like to be able to support your friend in a pure way and not out of jealousy, Mm. it's going to be very hard for you to be a good friend because you're going to constantly be critiquing yourself, feeling less than, comparing, jealous of them and having all of these negative emotions arise. And if you're not in a place where you can handle that, then this friend is going to be a trigger and a mirror back to these insecurities that you need to work through, which sucks for the other friend because they're like, what did I do? Like I was being supportive and like I thought everything was great, but I've seen that happen. And I, I feel like you can kind of see that with friend, like famous friendships, mm. like in celebrities or other influencers where it's like, wait, what happened? And it's like either they were too similar that they were competing mm-hmm. or something like that. So I think that that is also something to be aware of. I made a TikTok this week about uh, this quote of Mel Robbins on jealousy. And she was talking about how jealousy is just desire. Like the reason that you're feeling jealous is because those are things you want, whether it's the way they look, how much money they make, their partner, their kid, their life, traveling, whatever. And so if you can take those jealous feelings and be like, oh, I want to be inspired by them and let that person be a positive influence or hope that if you're the positive influence to your friend, that they can see it from that lens and not just let the jealousy and the envy overshadow all of that. Yeah. Wow. I'm loving Mel Robbins' podcast and all of her stuff lately. So I love that you've been consuming her content too. Next sign of possibly needing to end a friendship is a lack of support. Your friend consistently fails to provide the support, understanding, or empathy that you need during a challenging time. They may dismiss your concerns or minimize your feelings, leaving you feeling unsupported and undervalued. Yeah, this one can hurt (laughs) if you're the person that needs the support. And yeah, maybe you've always been a rock for that person. And so you're like, oh, I can totally go to this person. They'll be there for me. And they just are super unresponsive, not answering your calls, not willing to carve out the time. Or if someone is coming to you all the time and you feel like you don't know what to say anymore and you've helped as much as you could and they still won't take the actions that they need to change. I can see this both ways that it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. One time I did tell a friend, she was leaning on me a lot. Mm. And I said, I think you need to go to therapy because I have done everything I can and I'm just repeating myself. And at this point it's affecting our friendship because I cannot do all that. Yeah. And they didn't take it great. <laughs> I don't know if they ended up going, but we're still friends. So I think it's okay. Maybe it at least made them realize how much they like dump on other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably wasn't the wrong thing to say. So I am not against telling people that they need to go to therapy. Like, because sometimes people really do. And if they are constantly complaining about the same thing over and over, or like, especially if it's and not changing the behavior. Yes, and not changing the behavior. Yeah. Like you said, at what point do you just say the same stuff? And how, what are you supposed to do? For me in college and post-college, the number one thing that would drive me crazy with friendships is when the friend is single and they're constantly going on dates, constantly updating me on all of these boys, making me give the play-by-play of what they're going to wear, how the date's going to go, what they should do, do the date, tell me everything about it. Oh, I hate him never to see him again. And then redo the whole thing the next week. It's like, I'm sorry, I can't remember the difference between Jonathan and David and Michael because you were with them for an hour. Like, I literally had to set boundaries with with some friends that I'm like, you get like a few mentions of boy drama because you 
at least if you're in a relationship with someone and it's committed and you're like seeking your friend's advice over some changes in the relationship or the marriage or with your kids or the home dynamic, it's like, that makes sense. I'm going to stop what I'm doing to help you with those issues. But for hinge date after Tinder date, (laughs) I don't got time and space for that. Yeah. Unless it's like funny and you're like giving me the tea. I don't need like to hear why every guy is a piece of shit and why you're so great constantly. Like, you might be the problem. I clearly am, like, very targeted remembering a friendship where they... <laughs> Triggered by... <laughs> very specific examples. <laughs> one example. I think with this one, with lack of support, like you said a few times on this episode, communication is the root of this. And maybe going into a situation, if someone comes to you upset, asking them, what do you want from this? What do you need from this? Are, are you wanting just someone to listen? Do you want advice? Make it clear. And one of the last signs we want to touch on is feeling stagnant or unfulfilled. The friendship no longer brings you joy, fulfillment, a sense of growth. For me, I kind of see this as like when you're done hanging out with the person, if you don't really feel better in some capacity, either they like made you forget about your worries or you guys laughed together or you had a good time. Like if none of that is happening repeatedly, like I think it's different. Obviously people are going to have bad days and whatever, but if there's a trend of eating each time you're leaving, spending time with this person and you're feeling worse than before, I think that that is probably a sign that your intuition is not enjoying that and it's mm-hmm. trying to lead you away from that friendship. So that way you can find friends who do fill you up, who do bring you joy, who make you laugh, who make you inspired, etc. A hundred percent. Well, I think to give you guys some questions, some things to think about, we pulled seven questions to ask yourself before ending a friendship. This is from theeverygirl.com. We'll link it in the show notes. But I think these are really good to reflect on, to turn to when you're seeing these signs or if you see a few of these signs. The first question you want to ask yourself is, what is it you actually want from your friend? Think about what they would give you that would make you feel better Would it be enough for your friend just to acknowledge the ways in which they need to apologize or aren't giving the effort? Would that fix it? Do you want them to call you more? What is it that you want from this friend? And have you even actually ever voiced it to them? And I'm adding in a question, but is it realistic? Mm. Like what? And same with romantic relationships when you like have your dream friend or your dream partner for where you're at and also for who you are and what you bring to the table. Are these expectations that you're putting on a friend realistic anyway? Yeah, that's a great question. Next one from the everygirl.com website. Would you be able to give your friend what you expect from them? If you were in their position with their life, their opinions, their experiences, would you be able to support something for your friend that you didn't agree with? Would you be able to see your friend every week if you had a grueling work schedule and a busy family life? Be sure that your expectations are not only reasonable, but are also fair and empathetic. Yeah. Next question. Did they only wrong you once or is it a long pattern of things? Yeah. This kind of goes back to what we're saying about lack of trust and betrayal. Was it one thing like you know, your friend said something stupid, something hurtful, thinking that they're making a joke, but they just took it too far and they, you know, vehemently apologized. Or is it side comment after side comment after side comment and clearly it's continuous toxic behavior. So I think it just seems to be looked at. Was it a one-time thing where they're clearly apologetic for or is it just something that is not going to be solved? 
And number four is my favorite question that's on this list. It says, if you met them today, would you still be friends? Sometimes I feel like we think we have loyalty to people just because, which is true in some instances, you have tons of years that you've been friends, but are you holding on to something that like is no longer meant for you? If you guys lived in the same neighborhood growing up or your elementary friends or played some sport together and you've just maintained that friendship because you have up until this point, Mm -hmm. and then you're looking at each other in real present time and you're like, if we met each other today, would we be friends? And sometimes the answer is no. And that's okay. Like, and some, sometimes it's really beautiful that it's like, wow, it's cool that we met many years ago because we probably wouldn't be in each other's lives now otherwise. But on the other end, sometimes you might just be two very, very different people with different lifestyles, different interests, different goals. And you might honestly be holding each other back. Mm-hmm. Next question, does this friendship have to be all or nothing? And I think you were kind of saying this, Allison, with the growing apart. Does this friendship have to be your best friend forever? Or can it just be someone that you see when you see them? Maybe you just connect when you're in town or, you know, not everything has to be your ride or die or nothing at all. So can you just find a way that you can have a different type of friendship with this person? Yeah, and I think that you guys can discuss that expectation of each other. Mm-hmm. Because think about when a romantic relationship, you guys like agree at different stages. It's like, okay, we're in the talking stage. Okay, we agree that we're committed to each other. Okay, we agree that we're not hooking up with other people if you're monogamous. Okay, we agree that we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, girlfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend and boyfriend, whatever. Okay, now we're going to agree to move in together. Now we're fiancés. Now we're married. With friends, you don't have this verbal back and forth agreement of the different levels of your friendship usually. Mm -hmm. Like you don't usually have this conversation like you do in romantic relationships. That's like, yes, we both agree to move up another tier. And sometimes I think one friend thinks you're moving up tiers and the other person is like, I'm not ready for that. Like I had a friend who only wanted to be best, best, best friends. And I was like, I want to be friends with you, but I can, I cannot give you full best friend status. Like I just don't have the place for that. And then it resulted in us not being friends anymore. And I'm like, why? That's fine. I guess you were looking for a long-term relationship. I was looking for a just more casual friendship. And so I think that we could learn a lot from the way we navigate romantic relationships by being like, what, what do you want out of this? Like, do you just want someone to go get coffee with someone to go work out with? Or like, are you seeking a new best friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to help prevent a falling out. And it's just going to help people get a better understanding of where each person's at and probably prevent you from getting hurt. Because if you think you're trying to be best friends with this person and they only want to get coffee dates or they have a pool party or some sort of event and you weren't invited. Yeah. Yeah. It's just important to know that you guys are on the same tier with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we should all normalize also like demoting the friendships if both people agree with that and it not being the end of the world. Yeah. Like, Think how often in romantic, I always use the romantic relationship as an example, but like you get really excited at the beginning and maybe, you know, you're in that honeymoon stage and you're hanging out all the time and you're so excited to have a new person in your life. But then you realize like, okay, maybe we full, full sent it a little bit too much and we need to reel it back. That was not sustainable or realistic. With your friendships, could you be like, that was a really fun era. I loved that we did this whole thing, but maybe we need to take a step back here mm-hmm. and- Maybe we can only hang out once a month. Maybe the once a week was not realistic. Yeah. 
Next question to ask yourself, if the relationship was a jar of pennies, would it be full or empty? If your friendship was a jar and you put a penny in for each time they made you happy and you took a penny out for each time they hurt you, how full would the jar be? This has been a really helpful way to reflect on whether or not a friendship is worth hanging on to. Kind of like taking and receiving. Just it's a good visual example of how to put that, you know, into actual context, I guess. Really think about maybe journal about it. Is this a good, happy relationship or is this just kind of sucking me dry and I only have four cents left in my name? Yeah. Okay. And the last question is, what would forgiveness feel like in this situation? We came up with a similar question in the other episode mm-hmm. of what do I need to apologize for in our friendship that I've never apologized for? And I feel like this is kind of similar. Like no one's perfect. You might've said something like you said earlier, like a joke in passing that you just thought was funny. And maybe the other person didn't react in that moment, but it's been like hurting them and eating at them for months. Or maybe you didn't give them the birthday celebration that they were hoping for, or you were supposed to meet their other friend or their partner and you canceled on those plans. Like there's so many little things that could happen Mm -hmm. where in the moment the other person didn't alert you that it hurt them. But that pain seed has been planted in the back of their mind for weeks, months, years. And the further you get from that without discussing it, the further that's going to blossom into being an actual issue. And then it's going to affect all of these other areas. How we were saying like, if something is off, then you're just going to have conflict over other stuff. I think that's a really good question to ask your friends. Like if there's something that you might've done in the past that you guys should talk through and usually just even bringing awareness to it and having a conversation around it helps so much to even just feel seen and heard that your feelings are valid and then you guys can move forward. And then that person, then you don't have to have that seed in there anymore. Just festering. Mm-hmm. And I liked this article because it defined what forgiveness was. And it was like, just to remind you, forgiving means that you accept that someone did something wrong to you and it made you upset. You trust that it won't happen again. And then you're able to completely move on. So with that in mind, I feel like in every situation, we should try our best to forgive because that's just what I believe. But if you can't trust that they're not going to do it again, then I think that's okay to end the friendship. Maybe you just say something like, I forgive you, but I just feel like my boundaries have been crossed or I just don't think that I fully trust that this won't happen again. And I just don't, I think it might be better if we just go our separate ways. Forgiveness is such a loaded idea. I know. Because I feel like forgiveness is so sneaky. Like you think that you forgave someone over something and then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, maybe I wasn't over that like I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to do an episode on forgiveness. No, we do. We already wrote it down. We talked about this oh. last time. We put it in our our ideas one. We really, really need to. So you guys can hold us to it. Yeah. Because if you really can practice forgiveness, it's like practicing gratitude. I feel like you have to really work on that muscle. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on this we can mm-hmm. say for another time. But if I don't think, isn't there saying like you can't get forgiveness if you don't give or something? Oh. Yeah. I do think in a friendship, if one person is really good at forgiving the other one's wrongdoings, like Clay is so good at forgiving me instantly. Actually, we maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're like, wait, how is it? I feel like I bounce back faster. I feel like in the moment, mm-hmm. if he does something like an hour later, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Let's go get dinner. I still love you. And he like needs more time to sit with it. He's like, I don't want to see you tonight. Like I need like a whole day. But then in the long run, I feel like I'll hold stuff for longer. Like I'll circle back to it. And he does a better job of like, well, that's probably because he processes it fully in the moment. Right. And then moves on from it. Mm. Sorry, you guys are really, I feel like this was like a therapy question. <laughs> I just talked that out in real time. She talked it through. <laughs> no, I think we should circle back to this topic. But another note we wrote down, if Imagine that you could forget about the problem. Would you be able to accept your friend for who they are? And would you be able to have a good, happy relationship again? So just something to think about. If they apologized, if they fully were sorry for what they did, would that satiate what you're feeling? And if it wouldn't, maybe it's time to close the chapter. And to wrap up, I just want to send you guys off with some good feels that there are billions of people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And just because you maybe have had a few tough goes with friends, there are so many people out there, people that want to be friends with you, people that vibe with your interests, your values, your style of friendship, your love languages. Like those people are out there. And the more you step away from friendships and friend groups and lifestyles that no longer serve you, the closer you can get to finding the people that are way more aligned to you. And oh my God, what's his name? I was watching this episode on Diary of a CEO, but he talks about how in order to get something else, you have to let go of something. Mm -hmm. And that has just been really resonating with me like all summer because in the moment, it's really hard, maybe not for everyone, for me to let go of stuff. And I have to realize like the only way to get the other thing is something there has to be space made for that new thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true with careers, our living situation, our friendships, our habits. And yeah, that's a great reminder. And I think that's a really good thing to leave on. Okay, sending you guys love if you're going through or about to go through a friendship breakup. It's tough, but remember, it always gets better with time. You will make it out to the other side. And like Allison said, you'll find the people that are right for you in this season or chapter of your life. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out. We will catch you next week on another episode of Party Friends. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We want to tell you guys, what is our favorite thing in this world? Getting Apple and Spotify reviews. So to thank you guys, when we hit 500 reviews on Apple and Spotify, we're going to give you one of your favorite things. And we're going to tell you what it is. It's a $50 gift card to wherever you want. Please, come on. We're desperate. We're literally dreaming up these reviews in our sleep. Got to help us get there. We want to keep creating great Already Friends podcast shows for you guys. We need those reviews. So don't make us beg, all right? <laughs> So leave your rating, leave your review, screenshot it, send it to us. And yeah, when we hit 500, we'll pick two of you guys to get a $50 gift card to wherever you choose. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you in the review section of our show. Love y'all. Love ya. Bye.